Welcome to Not Your Typical Podcast. My name is Cheryl Warren, an award-winning trainer and consultant from the UK. I'm sharing my story, my passion, and my experiences to enable those working in early year settings to change their thinking, their approach, and their provision, ensuring our neurodivergent children thrive in these critical early years. This is your go-to space for all things that celebrate the wonders and the uniqueness of our amazing neurodivergent children, a space to learn, understand, and accept difference as just that, difference. Hello everybody, how are we doing? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, um, whatever time of day you are listening in today. It's great to have you with me. Today I am going to be chatting to you about neuroaffirming practice. Uh, what is it? What does it mean? And how can we as a team ensure that we are delivering on it? I think the first place that we need to start is, is really understanding the terminology. Let's break it down. Um, what does neuroaffirming actually mean? So neuro is the brain and to affirm is to give a really big yes and to answer really positively and to declare something. So neuroaffirming, therefore, is to acknowledge that there are these differences in brain functionality. There are these differing neurotypes, but not just to stop there. So yes, we understand, but we need to understand and know that this is true. We need to provide for, we need to support, and we need to celebrate. So it's one thing knowing about neurodiversity, neurodivergent conditions, but it's what we do with that information that affirms these differences, that celebrates these differences, that says, yes, we are going to provide for these differences because that's the right thing to do. So once we know that, how do we then go about supporting this within an early years environment? Firstly, this has to be acknowledged right from the top, from the senior team, written into all of your policies and procedures. And then from there, it has to be fed down to the rest of the team through effective induction processes and training and support and guidance for a potentially new way of working. We have to think about any interventions, any um, outside professionals we're working with, consultants or specialists, and we have to ensure that they are also on board with our neuroaffirming approach as well. So it's something that really has to just run through the veins of the company in order to deliver it consistently and effectively. It can't just be something that a couple of people understand and a couple of people are delivering on or one person's being on a training course. It has to run through everything. It has to be really embedded within that culture. So I guess the first thing for you to do once you've listened to the rest of this podcast is to reflect and I would suggest really reflect personally on where your knowledge is and where your understanding is and then reflect as a team where are you at? Where are your starting points? Is it that some staff know about it and others have, have never even heard of the term neurodivergence or, or neurodiversity? Have you got uh, an amazing Senko or um, additional support lead who, yes, we are flying with this, we know exactly what it is and we're doing this, 
but is that amongst the rest of the team? Do you do it? Is it happening? And then we need to think about, okay, so if we are at a, a point where this is not consistently embedded, what measures could be put in place in order to, for us to, to be delivering on that? So within your practice, firstly, think about seeing all of your neurodivergent children as unique, extremely competent and very, very capable. Remember that it's not that our children can't, it's that our children can't yet. And with the right support in place, within a safe environment, with trusted adults, they will, and they will in bucket loads, I promise. Respect and value the richness of your provision with your neurodivergent children within it. Understand, acknowledge, validate and affirm all play types. And this is an area that um, certainly when I'm out and about within nurseries, within schools, it's an area where people are, are not yet fully aware of. So affirm and validate, validate all of those play types. Our neurodivergent children play. They may play differently, but they play. And we need to acknowledge that all play is okay. And as I always say, join children where they are. Do not lead them to your play agenda or your neurotypical way of playing. Have a think about how our children play through categorising, playing with their senses and being led by their sensory needs. They're continuing over and over again play. And their preferred schema. All of that play is okay. Observe it, understand it, and completely join it. The next thing to think about is being a behaviour detective. Understand the why behind the behaviour. Is it a sensory need? Is it a sensory avoidance? Is it a direct brain and body response to perceive stress or danger? For our neurodivergent children, it's more often than not a response to an unmet need. So let's find out what that need is, but also be aware of sensory responses to stimulus or a current experience. What's happening for that child right here, right now? And then the next thing is to celebrate the wins. This is vital to connection with the child and the family. Our neurodivergent children may not reach the big milestones at the same time that other children do. Their progress could be more subtle and therefore we need to ensure that we stay focused in our observations in looking for those progressive steps. The time they might spend at an activity alongside their peers, the desire to hold or even just smell a new food, the way that they seek adult support with their developing or preferred communication style is progress. And ensure that those are shared with the team and shared with parents. Really celebrate those small wins. And trust me, as a parent, receiving that information and celebrating those small wins with educators goes a long, long way. Be strength-based and embed a strength-based practice. Always see what our children can do. Do not focus on the deficit model and embrace their unique strengths and their capabilities. Focus your narrative on what they are able to do, not what they are not 
able to do and completely shift that narrative. And when I say shift the narrative, again, that has to run through right from the top, right down to your newly appointed apprentice, making sure that that completely feeds through everything that you do. Remember the narrative running through everything that you do and your narrative is in your environment. It's in your show rounds, it's in your staff meetings, your policies, your assessments, your staff room, your um, your displays, your interventions. Do all of these say, yes, neurodivergent children and families, you belong here. We want to understand your unique needs, your unique neurotype. We hear you and here in our setting, you have a voice. Here you are completely represented. Here you will be supported and here you will be ce celebrated for exactly who you are. Is that running through everything that you do? So the first thing you need to do is a reflection exercise as a team, as a room leader, as a teacher, as a manager or owner of an early years setting and reflect on all of those things that I have just mentioned. So reflect on your policy, reflect on your processes, reflect on your induction. How, how strong is that with that neuroaffirming um, vein running through it? Reflect on your staff training gaps, reflect on your narrative during your show rounds and your staff meetings, reflect on your environment and reflect on your interventions. Are they strength-based? Are they neuroaffirming? Are they supporting the children right where they are? Or are they trying to make a child fit into the neurotypical pathway of development? Those expected social skills, the right eye contact or the correct way to play, or just the right amount of attention and focus. And if it's the latter, then the next stage of reflection is learning. Build your knowledge base and your skill set further. Broaden your understanding and your toolbox of neuroaffirming strategies. And that is for everybody. Everybody within the team, build on those strategies and create that toolbox metaphorically um, or physically, actually, for your team. Learn about sensory needs. Learn about the impact of the sensory environment. Learn about neurodivergent play. Learn about each child's unique communication preferences and needs and learn about child-centred approaches. Connect with professionals and settings and schools that are neuroaffirming. Hear what they say and learn from them. And top of my list would be to listen to the autistic community and learn from them. And I just want to read a great quote from an autistic teacher, Kieran Rose. Dr. Rebecca Wood has published a book that I will put details in the show notes um, and her book is titled Learning from Autistic Teachers and this quote is the autistic adult telling us how overwhelming the classroom can be and this is an adult able to articulate this to us however this may be how our children are feeling too. So I now become consciously and acutely aware of the impact of the sensory environment around me. Little things like the sensation of the school glue on my fingers that made me feel sick to the stomach, the smell of the kitchens and the dining hall, where, where, which were unavoidable if we had an indoor PE session. I hadn't realised how much of the sensory environment within the building had been overwhelming me. 
I'd find moments where the light shining mottled through the dirty windows was catching on dust motes, dancing like a choreographed ballet, and I'd be hypnotised, literally switching off to everything to the point where the children would have to nudge me to wake me up. Sounds became louder and more painful. Lights were brighter and more more painful, and smells stronger and more overwhelming. And it's so key that we acknowledge and we learn and we act on what the autistic community are telling us. Now, this may all well may may all well feel too too much. I can't do all of that at once, Cheryl. My team won't be able to cope with too many things all at once, too many changes, and especially with the new EYFS changes in effect now too. And I get that. I understand that. But change only happens when everyone is on board and is understood by everyone involved. So firstly, present the why to your team. Why is change? Why is a change in focus, a change in practice, possibly a change in the environments necessary? Then once you've discussed the why, then it's the what. What do we know now and what do we need to know? Where are the common key areas, the gaps in my team's knowledge or skill set? Then once you've done that, As a team, identify the top three challenges right now. Is it around transitions? Is it a higher frequency of meltdowns for some of your children? Is it behaviours that they are unsure of? And focus on those key areas first. Don't make changes to the policy, the environment and all of those things to the team. Do it with the team. And I've got a free download on my website for an environmental audit. So if you complete that together as a team in a team meeting, ask them for their input on where the changes can be made and build an action plan together with them. Seek support. uh, And I'm always here if you need to chat things over or you'd like a visit to, to kick in and to start the process. So definitely reach out. You don't have to do this on your own. You're not alone. So let's do more together. Let's build the earliest, let's build earlier settings and schools into neuroaffirming, celebratory places where our children are seen, heard, where they can thrive and where our children can fly. And don't stay stagnant. Once we learn more, we know more. And once we know more, we can do more. So join me on my Instagram page, aperion underscore training. Check out my website for free downloads that can start the move to reflection for your neuroaffirming space. And join my mailing list for monthly newsletters and webinars. And like and follow me right here on Spotify to hear more from me and my future guests talking more about neuroaffirming practices. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for being here and catch up soon. Bye. Thank you so much for taking the time to tune in. It's been really great having you with me. Do let me know what you thought of the episode. I'd really love to hear your thoughts. And I'd also love to connect with you more. So do come and find me on my Instagram at aperion underscore training or email me via my website. All of the details are in the show notes below. And so that you don't miss out on any further episodes, do make sure that you hit that follow button. Thanks very much. Take care.